Welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio, boys and girls. I'm your host, Angry Jim. Here, as always, with the East Coast. Now, actually, the best co-hosts in the world in Jack and Kyle. Jack and Kyle, how the hell are you guys doing? It seems like forever since we talked last. Oh, that's because we did the duel last week. How are you guys doing, all right? I'm doing just dandy, Jim. <laughs> and Kyle. I'm doing fantastic. Are you? I hope everybody had a good week, a good Labor Day. Wow, it's been that long, huh? Kyle? Yes, it has. All Sorry, right. I was drinking beer. Uh-huh. My second favorite thing other than talking to you guys. Uh-huh. We're off to a great start here. So we have a lot to discuss tonight. We have the dual results, which I'm sure, Jack, you're going to be very happy to hear if you don't know already. Um, I didn't check. <laughs> Uh, we have, we're going to talk about Patrick Laine tonight. We're going to talk about the Zach Wierenski contract and what that could mean for Ivan Provorov. Uh, we got some good stuff to talk about, but first, let's talk about the dual results. If you guys don't know already, I'm just going to throw this number out there. 45% of our followers on Twitter seem to feel the way Jack and Dan felt Uh in that, I don't know, Jack, would you say it's a bit more worried about the future than excited for, for now? Is that is that kind of how you guys felt? Yeah, I, I'd say so. Are you saying that we uh, we won the poll? You absolutely did by wow. a, whopping, a whopping 9%. Woo! Well, last I checked, winning is winning. But yeah, when uh, I think you overview the flyer season, it's very easy to see how the cap, the way it's structured, and everything going on with these restricted free agents. Yeah, we could be in trouble, and that's why Provorov Konechny are still not signed here today on September 10th. And and so 36% thought, you know, that I guess they felt the way me and Kyle felt, as they, maybe they're a little bit more optimistic for the upcoming season and, and maybe wearing a little bit less for the future. Um, Kyle, were, were you surprised with the results of the poll at all? I'm going to lean towards it was all the begging Jack was doing on Twitter yeah. for votes. You, <laughs> you show me those tweets. <laughs> so so I was going to say, like, I feel like, it, you know, everybody seems kind of cautious, even though Jack and Dan maybe seemed a little bit more worried for the future. I think that they're still we still kind of feel the same way about the upcoming years, um, whereas we chose to kind of try to put a more positive spin. Everybody seems to be a little bit cautiously optimistic. Um, I think we can all agree on that, no? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people um, kind of, a, I mean, you see it was still close. The polls were still close. I think people just want to see better hockey. And the one thing we both didn't disagree on is teams better than it has been in a while. So that fact is true, where me and Dan delved more into things we didn't like, oversights and issues that we're going to have in the future. Um, we're, but they're still going to be better this year. You know, it's just uh, I want to see them win a cup and the team on paper as is. I don't see them as a cup contender. And considering they have no money left, I don't know how they become that cup contender. So but we should we should be in for playoff hockey and a more competitive season yeah that that's for sure and hopefully i mean you know you could we could put like a, a negative thing and say oh well you know they're only shooting for the playoffs for six years they've been doing whatever i mean anything can happen in the playoffs i, I think you know my expectations are kind of tempered for this year i'm kind of like 
I'm excited for the year because they're definitely going to be a lot better than last year. But they're also kind of like, well, you know, Carhartt's in his second year. They have a, a couple new guys on the back end. A couple guys have to have breakout years, you know, quote unquote. And then a couple guys just have to stay healthy. And, and, and guys like JVR and uh, somebody, I'm missing somebody. They're escaping my mind right now. But um, uh, 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 they need a guy like Pitlick. Uh, they need a third line right, right winger still. So, you know, cautiously optimistic, I think, is how, you know, we feel and how the majority of uh, at least our Twitter followers feel. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, before we move on here, cause I don't want to spend too much time, uh, 19% of you jerks out there only shared the poll to win a prize. So I just had to throw that number out there. Thanks for sharing the poll. Um, oh, by the way, real quick, uh, I don't know if you guys saw or not our prize winner. We did announce a winner yesterday on Twitter. Uh, his name is Lou Crescetto. Lou, uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, your prize should be in the mail sometime this week. Lou's been listening to us, I think, since we've started, guys. He's an awesome, awesome listener. Thanks again to Lou, and congratulations. Um, anything else on the dual awesome. results before we move on, guys? I just wanted to ask you guys what you guys personally thought of my podcast. Uh, of the one with Dan or the, the Flyers yeah. Therapy? Oh, no, Flyers Therapy was a huge hit. I just mean of uh, me and Dan. Uh, you know, I, I, so here's my thing. And, and Kyle, do you want to go first? No, go ahead, dude. So here's my thing. I, I, <coughs> I understand with, and, and I agree to an extent with a lot of the things that you guys said. Um, like how, how can you not, like when you look at it, it's like, okay, in a couple of years, they could be in trouble for me. That's like, you know, okay. In a couple of years, they could be in trouble, but they could also not. I mean, it's there, you know, but I think there's going to be some moves that, that could be made. I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. Like, who knows, you know? Uh, that That's kind of how I felt. You, we could be scared for... We could be scared now for what's going to happen in three years, or we could choose to ignore it. And I guess I'm choosing to ignore it for now. Until until I'm actually fucked like that. Until I'm actually in trouble. Then it's like, all right, well, now i got to do something. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I mean, you can't control the future. Things change. There's a... Uh, Seattle franchise, there's a CBA could be up, and that could change a lot of things. But I know we generally disagree on certain things, but I just wanted to, now that we actually had separate podcasts, see what you thought exactly. Okay, Kyle, do you have an opinion there? No, I just don't think that I'm necessarily, same as you, Jim, I just don't think I'm necessarily panicked about it or overly concerned there's just too many factors up in the air that's going to determine too much that we don't know to be concerned, to be overly concerned. You know, like the the cards haven't even been dealt yet yeah, for what's no coming. So, I, I mean, granted, if the CBA gets announced or they end up avoiding a lockout and the cap from now until two years from now only goes up, fucking two or three mil then yes i'm going to be on the same side of the fence as dan and jack on this one but as of right now there's just too much to too much that's undetermined to really be all that concerned with it you know it's too much that's out of my control yeah uh, don't get me wrong if the situation is still how you know how it's drawn up and how it looks now in uh, I'm, I'm what is it two three years then, then, yeah, I'll be hooting and hollering. I'll be flipping out and what? Same old fucking flyers. God damn it. Right now, I think my excitement for 
you know, not having guys like Dale Weiss and Jory Letera on the ice uh, outweighs my worry for what's going to come two, three years potentially. Does that make sense, Jack? Absolutely. I think the disconnect is um, the bar was set so low with players like that that having players we've seen mildly successful on other teams come in is going to catapult us into the stratosphere. And I'm just trying to have that realistic view. Well, yes, they're better than Wheel and Weiss and McDonald. It's not like we have a star-studded team. And our division, you just saw Carolina add Jake Gardner now. Like, they're, they're really getting good, and they're making some smart moves. Um, so one thing I want to say about yours is it's what I expected, very optimistic. And I, you know what? We need a little of that. If we had too much negativity – I think people will get burnt out eventually and, you know, just hate each other. So it's good. It's good to see that. I'm, I'm excited for the season. It makes me want to be more excited for the actual season and not think about the future. Uh, the only thing I want to clear up are two things. One, I did talk about the Braun trade, of course. But the reasoning why I hated that so much is not because of Braun. Just get just keep it like this. Keep it short and sweet. It's trade Is that value. It's trade value. I worry about his future trades. I don't know how he perceives value, and seeing that deal made me nervous because it was a bad deal. That's all. That's all I'm saying there. Okay, we'll just leave that at that. Um, and the other thing, it was I don't know which one of you mentioned it, but because um, I, I did listen to your podcast, and it said, you guys said um, I was worried about the cap and all that, and it's like, well. Are you? What if? Because I wanted Panarin. Like, well, what if you got Panarin? Then the cap would really be fucked. And my only point there is, if we say we did, and yeah, we're, we're looking at losing more. If we have to say goodbye to like a Provorov or Hernekny or Sanheim or somebody like that because our cap, we have too much issues, and that's our only way out. At least we still have a bona fide superstar in Panarin. That same situation could happen now, and. Are, is anybody going to go, well, at least we got Kevin Hayes? I don't think so. And that's where that's where it bothers me a little bit. But we did the polls. You know, we, we did our podcast. And I want to start looking forward to just this season and just let the future go. Unless Fletcher gives me a reason to con- consider the future again, yeah. like trade and Provorov or something. But I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later with the whole line A thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think overall the, the our first – Dual episode week was a success, and uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I hope you guys did too. And you know, all the any any listeners out there who participated in polls, and you know, if you guys listened to us, which I'm sure you did, because we got some, we got a significant amount of plays. Um, thank you guys. I mean, we we couldn't have uh, you know done what we wanted to do without you guys listening. So we really appreciate that. And uh, you know, maybe we'll do something like that again in the future. Um, moving on here, we do have some some interesting topics to get to. And our first one, you know, um, I, did, we, did somebody bring up Patrick Lyon already? Because I, I was thinking we had a perfect bridge, and then I can't remember what it was now. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to talk about Patrick Lyon. A lot of stuff flying around. Um, I put up a poll, I think it was a couple days ago, finished just before this episode started. Uh, 186 votes total. Um, 59% are for our Twitter flo- uh, followers uh, trading for Patrick Laine. What What do you guys think? Is Is Patrick Laine a guy you would like to see uh, on the Flyers? Uh, Kyle, we could start with you first. Yes and no, if that's at all possible that I can answer that way. <laughs> yes, I want 
I want to see somebody who can score 30 goals consistently with a chance at 50 or even more because he has that kind of shot. He has that kind of skill. No, I don't want to see a guy who already this early in his career has been labeled as whiny and doesn't play every night and gives up on a lot of shit. We yeah, we had enough of that over the years. I'm not sure that the price tag for a player like that is really worth it. So I'm going to go no. That's what I'm going to say no. All right, good, great points there. And Jack, how, how do you feel about that? Would you like to see him in orange and black or what? I think Kyle's yes or no was perfect. And it's mainly for everything. Everything he just said. I mean, this is a guy who has issues. He could, he could be a coach killer if they decide to sign him, and they might let Paul Maurice go. Uh, he has issues playing with two of the top players in the league uh, on the top line there. He, like, can't play with them or they can't be broken up. He has a huge issue with all that. I heard he's got a video game addiction on top of that. So are you are you going to pay what it's going to cost to acquire him and then pay him financially as well? Because he's also looking for nine. And ten million dollars over seven eight years, and you're going to give up like what Proveroff and Konechny to get him because that's probably what it's going to cost, if not more. So like, is it worth giving up the assets and signing him and getting all that baggage? Probably not. That being said, this guy it wouldn't be that crazy to me if in like three years, if he like settled down, he scored like fifty five goals. Like he's that talented, especially if you put him with the right guys. Um, so it, it's. It seems it's high risk, high reward for sure, but I think the risk is a little too high for me. Um, they probably should have just drafted Cole Caulfield. We're not having this conversation. <laughs> hey, they got How the next best. That. They got the Bobby Brink. Hey, I drafted him in our fantasy league, so I don't, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> Did you really? I couldn't. I didn't think that thing was ever going to finish. Yeah, I know. Some people fell asleep, but uh, no, I got him. Don't get me wrong. All right, Bobby Brink to uh, what's your name in hockey again? The Yakadelphians? I'm the Yarmir Yackles. <laughs> All, right. All right, Bobby Brink to the Yackles. Um, yeah, so for, for me on Patrick Laine, see, my my opinions kind of swayed on this a little bit. I, initially, I was like, you know what, this guy, potential 50-goal scorer, year in, year out, blah, blah, blah. And I think what people forget is, you know, not only do you have to trade for this guy, and, and Winnipeg is not going to just give him away, uh, you know, you're going to have to pay him. And, you know, you said, Jack, that you, you were seeing north of, of $9 million. At least. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, 50 goals sounds great and everything. And, uh, you know, pair him up with Coots and Giroux, and, and you could really see him, you know, playing very well for the, for the Flyers. But I think the cost that it's going to take to get him, and, and to your guys' points, is it's just going to be too much. And you still – they still got to sign guys like Provorov and, and TK. So, I mean, somebody significant would have to go the other way in order to be able to fit him under the cap. Um, a name, I think a Multiple name Multiple pieces that are significant. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, without knowing what the Jets are looking for, I mean, we know that they just lost their, their big D in Truba. And, um, you know, if they're giving up a guy like Line, they're going to want something back. Uh, a guy like JVR comes to mind, I guess, or... You know, I don't know if they'd be interested in a guy like Voracek. Maybe he's a little too old. Who knows? Um, but but for me, like when it starts to get to players like that for for a guy like Line, and, and then you have to give up more. It's kind of like, all right, I'm already I'm already tired. I'm I'm done with this already. You know, like you know, with all the negatives that come with Line, with you know the Fortnite addiction and uh, what the hell else did we talk about? He plays when he wants to play. Like he he scored 30 goals last year, and he went. 
months without scoring a goal, right? Yeah, it just shows you how talented he is, but how disinterested he is as well. And yeah, I mean, you got to consider Winnipeg needs cap space in the worst way. So they're asking for like a stud player on our team and then a stud prospect. And honestly, the first name out of their mouth is probably Carter Hart. I mean, it's a non-starter for us. Uh, but then who's the next best after that? Felipe Myers, Frost, Farabee? Even then, I might want Frost and Farabee. I mean, this guy was drafted number two overall after Austin Matthews, and he's been a force you know, since. And it's it's the only thing that I could see is he wants out of Winnipeg. I just read he wants ten million dollars a year or he wants out of Winnipeg. And now it's leaning towards he wants out. And I don't know. I mean nobody wants a lot of money. It's a I mean, that's just it. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty rough up there, but it's it's a lot of money, it's a lot of assets, and it's a big headache. You know, he could destroy your locker room and then you're stuck with him. So then what do you do? Dude, he so would I, get completely trashed here if, if he, you know, had all this. And I think this is what where most of the booing and, and, you know, Philly gets a bad rep because, you know, we know a guy's capable of scoring, for example, line a 40 goals a season. And he comes if he comes over here and doesn't score for weeks, months, he's going to get the shit booed out of him, man. And and it's only because we we know that he can score and we expect him to score. I think it would just be an all around bad scenario if if Patrick Line was, you know, it's unlikely I think. But the Flyers were mentioned as a team to watch. You know, I think it's just all around not a good idea. I don't think that, I, I don't think it would work out for them, and I think they'd give up too much the other way. Uh, yeah, there's too many factors that say no. But let's just play devil's advocate. Say they do get him, and say they get him locked up, and. Just, just say they, we don't sign. They connecting the improver off of the two names going back. So, how would you feel about the team then, though? Like your top line is, I think he can play right wing. So, or maybe Drew will, bump, you know, bounce over. But Line A, Giroux, and Couturier is your top line. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ! And then you got your power play and all that going on. We have defensive depth to cover for. I mean, we don't have. I mean, if Sandheim could really step up and be the next prover off. I mean, and you know. Myers could be the next Sandheim. You got some other stable guys there. In the meantime, maybe Ghost turning changes his game around. Carter Hart's a stud. Your other lines fall into place. Uh, if they make it work financially, that, I mean, I love connecting the overall, but man, that that would look pretty sweet. I mean, you're talking superstar. We have a lot of really good players. We need more superstars. And whew, I don't see it all working, obviously. But if it did, that would look pretty sweet, especially that top line. We could be up considered with like. Colorado's top line if things go right. That's a that's a fun line to watch, man. I I don't have a second favorite hockey team, but during the during the year after Flyers games or you know hanging out on a Tuesday night ten ten o'clock nothing else to do. I love watching that team play, man. That line is fun to watch. That McKinnon. I, I just like watching stuff. Nathan McKinnon. Oh my God, isn't he fun, dude? That he doesn't stop moving his fucking feet, dude. That's. The way he plays hockey, if I had any lick of skill, is how I would play <laughs> hockey. <laughs> That's what they tell you. Don't stop moving your feet. But, yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, who's, the, who's the third man on that line in Colorado? Uh, third, uh, Landis Cobb. Is, I thought he was a center. I'm pretty sure he plays win. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, that's just it. Like, we don't know, like, off the top of our heads. But we know it's Ratton and um, 
McKinnon. So I'm just like, yeah, who's that? It was probably somebody pretty decent, but you know, it's really those two, especially McKinnon. As Kyle was saying, McKinnon, he's like a top thir- three player in the league. Like he's that good. I'm, if he does it again this year, he's definitely, definitely top three. Uh, and you got, this is a league that's still where they love Crosby to no end, but McDavid's obviously the best, and there's a lot of other great names as well. And it's pretty clear cut if Mc, Mc, uh, McKinnon's that good. But that's what I'm saying. We we'd have three names. We'd have Giroux. Coots, Coots, who's, yeah, NHL Network ignores him, but nobody takes them seriously. And then Line on top of that, like, holy shit. But I don't think it's worth talking about too much simply because I think when you weigh the pros and cons, you're going to come out with, like, yeah, we probably shouldn't do this. Yeah, and, and it, would be, it would be one of those look back in 10 years. And yeah. And yeah, and, it, and then the other thing we would do is be like, oh, could you, well, what if he was with you know, Coots and uh, Giroux or this guy, that guy, and you know, and then even if they, even if the negotiations deteriorated so bad with Winnipeg that they're selling him at a discount, I don't know how we get everybody signed on our team. Like, if you sign Provorov to what he wants, which is eight, and then you sign Connecting to let's say five, that's thirteen million of the sixteen we have remaining. And so you're going to – where's the $10 million come for him? Maybe one big contract comes off. I still don't see how it, you know, how it works in the short term and the long term. So it would have to be a mega, mega deal, and I, I don't see it happening. Yep. Kyle, did you have anything to add before we move on there? No. The only thing I wanted to bring up since we were bringing up uh, players like – uh, line A, not that this guy's any good, but did you see Zaka sign for in the KHL or some shit? Well, he he, yeah, I did see that, but he just signed a three-year deal to stay with the Devils. Did he? I didn't. Yeah, even it's see like that. two. It's like two point two five per year. But what's funny about that is he was in the the same draft as Provorov and uh, Rowinski and uh, oh shit, who else was it? right above like Hannafin, like all these studs. Like <laughs> he was like right in the, he was like the sixth overall pick. We got Provorov at seven, and he he just re re upped for two point two five. That's how poor he's been since he's been with the Devils. Wow, this is true. That's why he almost went to the KHL. He's like, I'm gonna be playing third and fourth line minutes. <laughs> like shit. <laughs> hey, did you hear the Devils GM said go ahead? Yeah, well he's a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> he told him to go. If you want to go, then go. Yeah, go ahead. Right, we don't need good, you. Man. I just got PK Spawn and Jack Hughes. What do I need you for? <clears throat> All right, so moving on here. I mean, we're still going to be, you know, touching on line A a little bit, but um, as I mentioned, the Flyers were one of a handful of teams mentioned. Um, the other teams, there was a couple Metro teams mentioned. I think the Islanders, uh, Hurricanes, uh, some of the more serious names um, were the Hurricanes and, and the Anaheim Ducks. Um, so the, the Hurricanes seem to be making some noise still. Um, we'll get to them in a second. Anaheim, though, looks looks to be a team uh, rumored most likely to trade for Line A. They're, they're involved with discussions with Anaheim. Uh, the Hurricanes are looking to move Justin Falk to Anaheim in exchange for uh, a possibly Andre Cachet or a Max Jones, uh, a player that can fit under their salary cap uh, and potentially sign to a friendly uh, contract in the future. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on, on those scenarios? Uh, Jack, we could start with you. One thing I can't see happening is Carolina trading with Winnipeg straight up. I don't think uh, 
Carolina is a place that line it would go if you follow them and how cheap their owner is. I mean, their GM was like third in voting for GM of the year. That I don't agree with that. It's a different story. Uh, but he was nevertheless was there. He didn't even like get offered a, a, a contract. He had to go almost interview for Minnesota before they signed him back. I think that's really, and he's not just the GM. He's the president too. He's doing two jobs. He's one of the lowest paid guys in the league. Like, and then they had to let Sebastian Ajo sign the only offer sheet, you know, and then they matched it. And Montreal's thinking there was, well, they can't afford all this money up front, but it was too good of a deal long-term that they had to match it. But you, this is your star. Like you should, this should never even have come to this. They're super cheap. I don't see them ponying up, Assets alone, but especially money for Lonnie. Now, you bring up a good point when you bring in Anaheim. What I can see is a possible three-way deal where they get rid of a guy like Justin Falk, ship him off to Anaheim, maybe even two defensemen, I don't know. I'd have to look more into Anaheim's uh, roster, but I know they need defense, and I know they need a superstar with everybody on their team aging, and they got a young Gibson who's a top-five goalie in the league. They're going to want to... You know, do something with him. So I can see them trying to use the pieces they get from Carolina. You know, Winnipeg just lost Truba. They just lost Tyler Myers. They could use a defensive piece, maybe one on a team-friendly deal because they have cap issues over there. Somehow, when the trade's all done, Anaheim winds up with line A. Winnipeg winds up with a defenseman and a draft picks, and Carolina ends up with a forward, a forward and draft picks because they need scoring. Something like that. I don't, I don't know all the pieces, but that, that makes the most sense to me if these three names keep coming up in trade rumors. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's going to be an interesting – whatever's going to go down, Anaheim and I think Carolina are definitely going to be involved. Um, Kyle, what do you think about it? What do you make of all that talk? Um, it's just talk, <laughs> but usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, I, I'd have to agree with Jack on that. I didn't even look into that, but – as of right now, their fifth defenseman on Anaheim is uh, Michael Delzado. So, yeah, they yeah. definitely need defense pretty bad. <laughs> well, that means they acquired him, too, this offseason because he was on St. Louis. Yeah. And I mean, there might be a deal with just Anaheim and Carolina. And Lionel, I, I could see – I think Lionel might end up in Montreal. I think they're, they need a, a superstar out there. And – the only problem is that the name the Winnipeg ones from Montreal is um, Max Domi, and he had too good of a year for them to do that. So I don't know. Somebody, somebody's going to give. You know, it's either going to be Winnipeg, Line A, or a team like Mo- Montreal that has a need. Uh, per, the way I think it plays out, I do think Anaheim and Carolina make a, a deal on their own. And I, I think if Line A does get moved, and it seems like it's trade, or I don't know what happens, he sits out, I guess. Uh, I think it will be with Montreal. That'd be interesting. That would really be interesting. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope not, only because Montreal, they, they got, you know, Cole Caulfield coming up, and then Patrick Line. It's like, shit, this team's going to score some goals, huh? Um, yeah, tell me about it. But, uh, I mean, you know, Caulfield could be a name going back in the trade. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what they're really looking for out there. But I do know they got to get rid of some salary. So whatever Winnipeg gets back, it wouldn't surprise me if it's more on the team-friendly deal if it's an NHL player or, you know, could be some prize prospects. I'm really not sure. If it's gotten this bad where they just need to get rid of them, they might just take the best deal they can and not necessarily care about where they are as a team. 
you know, because it things are too bad right now. They don't have that luxury. So we'll see. I'm, I mean, it's like I've been so focused on the Flyers. Like that's really – and the Marner thing is like the the big NHL news. But that's that's getting pretty big right now at Line A, and it's it's really interesting. And I know we've been mentioned, but I don't I don't see it happening. But I do want to know what happens. So if okay. I had if I had to guess, that's what I would say. Hey, real real quick, because you you brought up uh, salary cap here, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are out of salary cap. They have projected long term injury reserved uh, cap space, and then projected cap space they have zero. So. They almost have to make a move, and I'm not sure they can bring somebody legit back. Uh, they have an abundance of defense, and they have two first-round picks and three third-round picks. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about Carolina and possible trades here, but this is, I find this just interesting. Um, you know, So they're going to have to move Falk. Falk's making 4.83 uh, just for this year. Uh, I think it's been rumored that he's already— You know, Anaheim was on his no-trade list. But it's been rumored that he has agreed to sign an extension with them if he is traded. Um, so I'm, I, I don't think a guy like Ricard Raquel can come back. He's making three points something. I think, you know, Carolina, I think they're trying to, you know, make some breathing room while still getting a decent player back. That's why I mentioned a guy, uh, what the hell was his name, like Max Jones or one of those younger guys there. Um what else? We, did we miss anything there? We, we, did we pretty much cover everything as far as the Hurricanes and the Ducks and Patrick Laine? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. No, I said, yeah, pretty much. That's all. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say. The only thing is I think the way the cap looks right now for all teams, I think once they can start moving guys on the injured reserve and all that, it, some space opens up. Um yeah, it's always nice to have a little breathing room. So something's got to give. Falk has been on the trade uh, trade trading block for them for like the last three years. You know, he's a guy I would I would love to see on the flyer. Man, I like the way he plays. I wanted him last. Uh, was it last year? Last year before free agency hit, he was one of the names I was. Or Skinner. You know, Carolina was looking to move guys. I thought we should have tried for one of the two. And look what Skinner did. And now Carolina's got to replace that. And Justin Williams isn't coming back. He announced he's taking a break from hockey. So, I mean, yeah, they did add some, uh, you know, what's his name from um, Ottawa. He got traded to Columbus. Uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, the Zangle. They got the Zangle. They got Sebastian Ajo locked up. They got some rookies coming. But, you know, I mean, their main thing is goaltending. But we'll see. They got they got the the, the amount of defense they have. And they just signed J- Jake Gardner. That's, that's the problem. That's where all their cap went. I almost forgot. Like, that's. Say what you will about his defensive deficiencies, but he still can put up some points for a defenseman. So something's got to give for sure. There has to be. Seems to be uh, Columbus signing uh, restricted free agent Zach Wierenski to a three-year, $15 million deal. Uh, the deal works out as uh, he's going to make $4 million this upcoming season, $4 million the next, and then $7 million in his third year, which is the quintessential bridge deal uh, for Zach Wierenski. Uh, I was kind of shocked by that, to tell you the truth. I really thought he was going to get uh, longer term and, and, and more money. Um, uh, you know, the initial reaction right away is, oh, well, this is good for Ivan Provorov's uh, negotiations, blah, blah, blah. And and one of the first things that pops into my mind is, well, you know, Wierenski's not the top defenseman on Columbus. So they had, you know, Columbus could use that as one of their bargaining chips there. Uh, I think Seth Jones 
you know, in my opinion, is the better defenseman over there. I think he's their number one. Uh, Warenski's had better seasons than Provorov since he's come into the league. He's been as consistent as you can be. Uh, hasn't, you know, quote-unquote broke out, broke out. But, uh, you know, he puts up like 11 goals, 30-something assists. In each of his three years, something, you know, Provorov, I don't think he's gotten the consistency part down. We all know he had a tough year last year. Um, you know, I feel like the negotiations with Provorov just feel different. You know, he he's kind of the minutes eater, or he was last year anyway. Uh, he's the guy that they lean on when they want to put somebody out on the ice. You put out Ivan Provorov. So to me, you know, the deal, I, I would assume no doubt would help their cause, the Flyers, I mean. Um, but I just have a tough time comparing the situations. Uh, what do you guys think? Kyle, we'll start with you this time. Well, I mean, just the rumor mill, just what I've been hearing is Provorov's looking for a six-year deal, which puts him, if I'm correct, right at UFA. And I wouldn't be mad at a six-year deal. It's just what's the price tag he's looking for at this point. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not there. I'm not in negotiations, but I wouldn't pay the man more than $8 million a year. And that's at the absolute max, but I don't know. Hopefully he can come in a little lower. Hopefully with Rorensky signing three at five, maybe we can get Pro V six at seven or six at six five, which would be ideal. Yeah, I think six six by seven seems pretty reasonable. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, Kyle brings up a good point. If if you if that's true and Rorensky's deals is up and he's a re- unrestricted free agent at the end of it, that kind of explains to me while, why the contract was so low. You're not, you know, I didn't think it'd be this low, but you're not buying any unrestricted years. That's where they really start to ask for you to pony up. Um, that being said, this was lower than we expected. Now, I, I hate bridge deals. I think that tends to bite the teams in the end. Especially with you know you do it with a player who's played a couple of years and you see what you got and you know at the very least he's pretty he's going to be pretty solid so um, I don't want to see Provorov sign a three year deal because I know it's probably going to be more than what Rowinski got um, but also come three years he's going to want like eleven million dollars uh, if we do buy some unrestricted free agent time which would be great uh, I, if you asked me today would you give him seven million for six years I say yeah let's just do it. Just get it over with. I'm okay with seven. It's eight. I had a problem with seven point five. Was like uh, okay, but if you're paying Kevin Hayes seven point one, I'm more than fine giving Provorov's you know seven over six. Uh, one thing I did read today though was, uh, and this is from uh, Flyers restricted defenseman Ivan Provorov's agent Todd Diamond. We were closer yesterday than we have been many weeks before. The Rowinski deal will affect the remaining defensemen. Things are starting to move in the right direction. So that's extremely optimistic. I think, Jimmy, you said it. Things seem to be moving and, you know, be good. And, yeah, that's what it's telling me. I'm a little surprised. It it sounded like these these guys were going to all gang up and, like, milk us for everything we got and hold it over our heads throughout the season this is a really good sign so hopefully the eight for eight can we can not worry about that because as kyle was alluding to he's i'm sorry you're telling me you you eat minutes you know this team sucks like at least rowinski won a playoff round i know he's not the seth jones is the better defenseman there for sure and they had a better goaltending and they stock up at the trade deadline but 
this team, they're a playoff team. I mean, they swept Tampa Bay for God's sake. Our team, every time we've even sniffed at the playoffs, we either fall apart at the end or we make it in and embarrass ourselves. So I'm going to pay the top defenseman of that team whatever he wants simply because he's the top defenseman. Does anybody else think that's stupid? Like, you got to, the team's got to be good. Otherwise, anybody can be the top defenseman. So, I mean, maybe cooler heads are probably starting to prevail. And I guess as we get closer to the season and they're not going to be making money, they're getting a little nervous. But this is definitely good for us, at least. And from what I read from his own agent, I'm happy with this. I'm just curious to see when he does sign. Did anybody else find it a little funny that his agent's last name is Diamond or just me? Well, I thought he was a different guy. It says he's a free agent. He's a partner with the free agency or the agency partner of Mark Gandler. That's what I thought his agent was. So, yeah, no, Todd Diamond. Yeah, I feel like I've heard that name before. <laughs> I don't know why. It just made me giggle a little bit. But, uh, you know. Sounds like a casino slot game. <laughs> you know who I picture? I picture the guy from, uh, what's the show with the Clay guys used to be? Uh, the the Deathmatch show. What the hell was it? Oh, called? Celebrity Deathmatch? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wasn't the, the, one of the main guys like Neil Diamond or something like that with the mustache? Well, Neil Diamond's a uh, singer. Who the hell was that guy? Uh, whatever. <laughs> I'll look it up. You t- you go, keep going. Maybe that's why it made me giggle, because when you said Diamond, that, that's immediately who I pictured, the clay guy from uh, Celebrity Deathmatch. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Great show, man. I wish they'd bring that back. They yeah. should. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't they? They absolutely should. Oh, man. They'd have some, they could put Lenny Dykstra on there. <laughs> yeah, got, they could. actually be a great idea. Have you guys seen what They probably offend too many people nowadays. Yeah, he's a character. Who? Lenny Dykes, sure. I was going to bring out something else up, but I don't really... I'm not going to get into it. Was it was Nick Diamond. Nick, Nick Diamond. Diamond. Yeah, good job. Who actually is Nick Diamond? Oh, I don't know. Is he made Chris Edgerly. And it was Len Maxwell before him. Yeah, but Stone Cold Steve Austin did it. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, I see that too. I remember. I saw that. He fought Vince McMahon. <laughs> match? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I wonder if those are still. I saw Schwarzenegger versus Stallone. That's all I remember. That show was fun. And uh, the referee was Judge Mills Lane. Yeah, he was the best. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Come on. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, let's move on. A little bit off the rails (laughs) here. So I feel like we we all kind of, you know, feel similar. I mean, when you're going to negotiate with a guy, I feel like it kind of has to be a mix or some formula of, you know, what have you done lately and what are you going to do? And, you know, I, I kind of think that when you pay someone, you should be paying them, I think, you know, maybe 60, 40 or something like that. 60 being, what are you going to do? What do we think you can do? And 40%, what have you already done? In Provorov's case, hasn't really done much. I think he led defenseman in scoring two years ago, was it? He had 17 goals, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then this past season was almost a complete opposite and didn't really show us what he was the year before at any point during the season. Uh, there was points during last year where he didn't look as bad, but there was, at least for myself, there was no point in the season where I'm like, all right, Provorov's back. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, going into negotiations, and I'm sure they have their own factors and shit like that. I guess, you know, I'm just trying to simplify it there. I think, you know, seven seven million over six years is is more than fair, 
for for Ivan Provorov. I I feel like the six years is almost doing them a favor if he takes less than less than um eight million. You know what I mean? Because Jack, to to your point from uh you know your dual episode in a couple of years, if they can't give Provorov a bridge, they can't give him a two three year contract. They got other guys they got to get under contract in in those years. So I think a five six year deal is more ideal for for the Flyers. Yeah, they really got to lock up Konechny and Provorov to long term deals and hope to get a hope to get a deal on one of them. Honestly, that's the only way you're going to survive this cap situation. That that or a catastrophic change, you know, to the NHL. At least get out of JVR's contract. It's another four years. So if you can get both of those deals over four years or four years like at least then you'll have seven million more dollars and hopefully the cap goes up a little bit uh, there's just going to be so many guys they got to sign that's that's just what it is uh so this was good news but yeah you're right it seems like before the teams were always trying to get a deal on what have you done knowing that the players are young and then they would hit their you know free agency and it's like oh well this is what i i'm getting paid for what i did in the past you know and then they get they get oodles of money and then they, but they're over the hill so it's now that all the players want to get paid right away, and that's fine. I get that. I'd want to get paid too, but the numbers they're asking for are catastrophic. Like we asked Alex about it, Appleyard, and he he was kind of like, "I if it were me, I'd want to do that." And yeah, I think we all agree with that. But it doesn't like when's it too much? When's it like you're reaching ridiculous stratosphere numbers? Like I understand coming in high in negotiations because the other people are going to come in low. But when's it like silly? You know, when's it just like what? what? Are you serious? Like, did you? I just felt like Provorov wasn't even, or his camp rather, wasn't even considering how bad last year was. And Jimmy, you said it perfectly. He started off rough. He would have good games, and then go right, you know, have another couple of bad games. He never like came out of the fog, which was a slow start or a mistake-riddled month or something. Like he stayed that way. He was completely inconsistent. Wasn't good, and. I don't know if he tried doing too much, knowing he was coming into a contract year or whatnot, but at the end of the day, the, what, what you did is what we have. Right. He almost put he almost put more doubt than anything because it was only his third season, so it's kind of like, well, what really is Ivan Provorov if he's not the 17-goal guy from the year before and he's not you know, really whatever he was last year, then, you know... That doesn't sound like a $7 million kind of guy. But I understand, you know, the league is different these days. And, and Jack, you brought this point up before about the salary cap. Um, you know, the, the cap almost ruins everything because you, you draft well, you, you, you sign these guys, um, and you're seeing in the case of the Leafs, even though they went out and traded for Tavares and kind of created that own problem, um, but more so in the case of the Flyers where – you know, a lot of their draft picks are now on the roster, you know, and um, they're going to, they're having trouble figuring, they're having trouble paying all their guys. I mean, they're not alone, but there is one stat I will say for the players' sake, and it's basically like in 2007, you saw what the top NHL guy made compared to the NFL, NBA, MLB, and MLB is always up there, but like since 12 years later, like the top NHL guy only is making like, I don't know, seven, eight million dollars more where every other sport has jumped 15, 20 million dollars. Like they're kind of getting screwed in that end. So I thought they were going to they were going to uh, pull out of this agreement for sure, because they need to make more money. There needs to be a, something with the cap. 
you know, but the, the NHL is worried about teams like Phoenix and Carolina and Florida. Like they're not, they can't, they won't be able to keep up all the top market Soft teams. Yeah, and they, they've talked about, you know, and I would do that. I would love a, you know, a luxury cat, you know, you go over it. Then you're, you're, it's two birds, one stone. The top teams get to get their guy, but they're spending extra to help out the, the other teams stay afloat. So I, I don't know. Uh, I would do that. Yeah, but, but I guess it kind of does create like almost like a stagnant setup. It's if tough. There's the a top lot of teams can continuously buy the best players. Well, that doesn't always work teams. out, though. You know what I mean? So, like, like how many times have we had super teams? And I'm not talking about basketball, where you only place five guys, but like certain sports where you build this like star-studded team. The Flyers did it in the, all throughout the '90s and early 2000s, and they never won a cup. You know, and then here comes Tampa by drafting correctly. And, you know, like it, it, I get what you're saying. Totally. hundred percent. But like in baseball, how many Yankees teams have been there? Red Sox teams that just star studded across the, across the mat. And it just doesn't work out, you know, like, so yeah, I mean, how many times did it work out for the Yankees? That's a I bad example. I think <laughs> it worked out more or it didn't work out more than it, than it has worked out in the recent times. Like the Yankees, they won a lot of world. They won the World Series like in the '90s, but like since then, they won one in 2009. Like that's it. And they signed every top free agent and trade for top free agents. They won one from 2000 to now. It's 20 years. They won one. Like come on, the Red Sox. They they won. I think they won three. But that's after not winning any in the 1900s. Or <laughs> like they won. I don't know one in the 20s or something. And they they so do the same thing. It's to buy everybody's everybody's players. You know, the Phillies, we won by drafting. And when we started signing guys, we didn't win. We fell off. We had the, the four aces. And we didn't even get past the first round with that team. So, I mean, there's definitely a point to be made that, yeah, sometimes it does work. And it does. And they do take off. But hockey's one of those sports where I don't think you could have a star-studded team like that and be guaranteed anything. You know, that's why the Flyers went to the Cup as the seventh seed. And that's why that's one of the reasons why I like hockey so much, to be honest with you. You know, we don't have Golden State where they sweep the first three rounds of the playoffs. Like, that's ridiculous. So, I, I don't know. It could work. The main thing I've heard is the owners don't want to have to pay other owners' teams. I'm like, if you want your guy, money's no issue. What the hell do you care? But whatever. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, another thing with the players is the escrow account. But I don't know. I don't know enough about that. Um, I thought they had enough money to get pay their contracts, but what do I know? But that's another conversation. We'll find out Sunday because that's the deadline whether they want to renegotiate or not. But I do think these players need to make more money, and it just is what it is. What they can't do is lock out. If you lock out again, you're just killing your sport more. So how are you going to get higher, more attendance and all that money in to give these guys more money and raise your salary cap if you keep shutting down the league? So I don't know. And uh, Bettman kills me. He's one of the only living commissioners, still being a commissioner that's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, great. He got a team in the Vegas. You know, he's been through three lockouts. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Three. One full season. Give me a break. This team does everything. This league does everything they can to hurt itself. They don't market themselves correctly. So, I don't know. I'm getting into a whole nother realm. But, um. (laughs) We could save that for for one of our future shows if you want. We could talk about Gary Bettman. I'm sh- we can bring Frank Bialowis back on. Oh. <laughs> I think we had to blank out what he said about Bettman. No, we didn't. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> no, we did not. We did not censor him at all. Yeah, then we named the title after it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
If you want to know what Frank Bailoa said about Gary Bettman, go back and listen to our Frank Bailoa episode. I don't, I'm, I don't remember if we can repeat it again or not. <laughs> Probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple things I did have to delete from that episode, but yeah, go back and if you want to hear what he said about Batman, go back and listen. Um, it's Frank Bialois. I mean, do we expect anything else? <laughs> I, I'm I was so happy that he was just himself on the show, man. I I really thought he was going to censor himself a little bit. He was exactly like I imagined. <laughs> yep, that's what I told him. I was like, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> So we're coming to the end, guys. We discussed all our topics. We went over the dual results. We talked about Line A. We talked about, uh, you know, the Wierenski contract and how that could affect Ivan Provorov discussions. Um, as you all know, TK and Provorov still not signed. But I think, you know, I read a couple things today that both are close to signing. Um, if there's nothing else that we missed, guys, we could start to wrap up here. Is there anything we, didn't, we, we that we didn't talk about? Oh, wait. Yeah, I just want to touch on the... Uh... Go ahead. Uh, connect me thing. Like, if anybody, I, he would be the one person I wouldn't expect to be putting up a gigantic fight in a contract year. Is he though? I mean, he is. He's holding. He's still not signed, right? So there's still a battle over it. I mean, do you honestly think the Flyers haven't offered him five by five, which is pretty much what he's worth uh, at this point? It's, it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure they offered him a good contract that is right around where his value is. I don't know. I, maybe something had to have happened. I don't know if there was a deal signed. Didn't another forward just sign? I'm not sure who exactly, but he had a pretty pretty comparable to Konechny, and it wasn't a ton of money. So maybe that had to put a halt on negotiations. Maybe well, Fletcher thought he could get it for cheaper. I thought there was somebody else who signed who was less comparable but he signed for a shit ton. I, I just him. can't remember. Yeah, like the, my point. If, if you guys are looking for it, I'll just say like my point is like that's why I, that I think that may have screwed the negotiations either for or against connecting. Like, ooh, I can get more. Or, ooh, Fletcher's, you know, he countered with lesser of a deal after this deal came through or something like that. Cause I agree with you. I don't think connecting does not strike me as a type to be playing hardball. And then again, some of these guys are just players and they, they let their agents do everything. And they're just right. like, yeah, sorry, I don't do this. I'm just, I just want to play hockey. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I think they're kind of just waiting to see yeah, how everything plays out. Clayton Keller. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He said long-term though. One five million for eight years. Like what the fuck is Arizona doing? Well, they're hoping, they're praying that he develops into a star and they get a deal on him. He did have 65 points one year. I mean, that's a lot. And he's a goal scorer. Now, I yeah, totally agree with you. Last year, he only had 47. It's still, it's a he's big only risk. 14 goals. He didn't even have 20 goals last year. He's still young. He's still young. His rookie season, though, 65 goals. I mean, I'm sorry, points. That's a lot. Yeah. That's that's good. But I agree with you. It's it's a huge risk. And I mean, if you're going to try to get a deal, you'd think it'd be like six point one over eight years. But you know, I, maybe they figure. If you're connect me, I think that throws a monkey wrench and shit. Especially if you're his agent, you're going to be like, oh my god, look at this guy. Well, I would be like, oh, we'll offer you a long term deal, but show me where you scored sixty five points. You know, you got two what two twenty five goal seasons, twenty four, which is nice, but that's not seven point one or whatever he got worthy. You know, 65 points, that's a ton. So they know the potential's there. And that's a bad Phoenix team. And I also think they had to overpay a little bit to 
to keep him there, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, that's not exactly a destination place. But you're right. The, the point of it we're all trying to make is here, I do think that deal, in one way or another, screwed up with uh, the connecting negotiations for sure. Because for a while, we were like, oh, he's going to sign any day for like that whole one week, like in late August. And it just never happened. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. I feel like we'll just he'll just suddenly sign. I, I don't think he's holding out. It's Provorov's one I think could go into the season. That that is possible. I'll be shocked if that happens to connect me. So, I think it's a completely different. So, I, this is what I think. I think it's completely different. I think you know Arizona being Arizona. You know Clayton Keller is a good young a good young player. You mentioned he scored sixty five points. I, I think. What was that? Sorry, my fucking phone, my other phone started playing some. Huh. <laughs> Heard somebody fight somebody. Interesting, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Ah, you're welcome. All right. Um, so back to Phoenix signing uh, Clayton Keller long term. I think they have to do that with their young guys because nobody wants to be down there. Nobody wants to play for Phoenix. If you get traded to Phoenix, you're getting traded to like hockey hell, basically. Um, so I think they did what they had to do by locking up Keller. Um, I'm not sure TK can use that as a reference. And if I'm the Flyers, I mean, I'm using that all. I mean, if, if you want to go down and you want to play for the Coyotes, then, then be my guest. But, you you know, you're playing for the Flyers. Clayton Keller scored 65 points, I think, playing with Derek Stepan. Uh, yeah. And, and TK is playing with guys like, you know, world-class players like Giroux, Couturier. And I don't see 60 points from TK anywhere. So, yeah, good point. You know what I mean? So I'm using, and it kind of sucks when you got to bring that shit up there in a negotiation or whatever, but facts are facts. You want this money. This is how you performed. This is how that guy performed with these guys around him. You know, he put up better numbers. Um, it does look like a lot of money for long term, but I think I understand it. Uh, the situation's different for TK. You're playing for the Flyers. You're playing with guys like Giroux, you know. Uh, and when you you've seen T, how has TK been on any, any other line but that top line? Like yeah. not not very good. That, like, he that's really has scared me. Yeah, because nobody really put up points last year unless unless they played with Giroux. And he's a defensive liability because he takes too many risks. I mean, I know those tend to lead to goals, but he he got benched a lot for making mistakes. And you know, oh well, let's not talk about who was benching him though. Well, I mean, that was tough to. Can we actually was, not talk I, he about didn't, him? <laughs> he didn't healthy scratch him, but you would see he would disappear later in games, and you could see the reason why, like the actual play. It was definitely harsh because McDonald did it all the time, but he was out there constantly. But um, I don't know. The, the the issue still remained with Hacks on how he handled young guys and his quote-unquote veteran presences. You know? So I get that It's funny, point. though, that the guy with no system whatsoever was benching people for being out of position. Yeah, I totally agree. But then McDonald, <laughs> McDonald, who was a Jenga tower, is out there constantly. So yeah, it's, it's stupid. I totally agree. But um, but yeah, for as for connect me as a whole, he does he does make those mistakes. He does. Uh, he's a fast, fiery guy. Um, but yeah, outside of that top line, he it's not like he overtook a shift or anything, you know. So, uh, where Keller was doing it pretty much on his own in the desert, man. So I could see the the differences there, but we're coming back to the same thing. Come full circle here. This contract, I'm sure, had some kind of ripple effect. Now I don't know if it's big or small, but it did. I think it delayed these negotiations at least a little bit. Probably for sure. Um, anything before we close up here, guys? I would like to know what I get for winning. 
Well, you got to have a whole episode where you talk. You love that shit. I can do that whenever <laughs> I want. We could all, uh, you know, hang out. I want a round of applause. Uh, no, even better. It. I can hear it, and I want each of you to say one nice thing about me. You're handsome, Jack. <laughs> I am <laughs> handsome, Kyle. You are a handsome fellow. You can't Jack. steal. You can't say the same thing, Kyle. Why not? Scott, we didn't lay down ground rules. I you can't Kyle, just make them up as we go. Everybody's just... here, and you steal. You got to be original here. We're original on HW Radio. Say your own goddamn thing. <laughs> I'm not good at compliments, especially compliments towards other men. Oh, uh, here we go. Come on, Kyle. <laughs> I'll, I'll text you Kyle's compliment after the show, Jack. All right. I'll put it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up, guys. You are a worthy adversary, Jack. How's that? I love it. Perfect. That's actually high praise coming from Kyle. It was. Very nice I've said that to him, though, so he stole it from me. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. All right, let's officially wrap up. So we're going to wrap up. We have a couple guests coming up uh, in the next couple weeks here. We have Flyers legend Brian Propp joining us next Tuesday, uh, September 17th. So you guys can look forward to that. I know we are. We're excited uh, for Brian Propp. Uh, we have Dan Silver of Getting Bullied Podcast and Phileas Flyer coming on uh, on September 24th. And then the week the season starts, we have uh, Jason Martinez of 97.5 the, Fan- uh, the Fanatic coming on October 1st. So a lot of, lot of big episodes coming up for you guys. I want to thank you guys for listening, uh, participating in the duel. Uh, had an awesome summer with you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, the season's, what, less than four weeks away. So we're coming uh, coming to the home stretch here. Hopefully they get Provorov TK signed pretty quickly in the near future. And, yeah, we're going to wrap up. You can follow us on Twitter at HW underscore radio underscore. Uh, you can follow me at Jim underscore HW radio. I had to think about that for a second. It's been a while since mm-hmm. I gave my handle out. Um, Jack and Kyle, if you want to give your Twitter handles, we'll we'll end this guy pretty quick. Jack underscore HW Radio. Uh, Warner Kyle 29. Give us a follow, guys. If you want to talk hockey, make sure you tweet at us. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening again.